Hi everyone, it's Marilyn O'Lory and welcome to Who Can It Be Now? I wanted to do a quick intro to the interview you're about to listen with, to with uh, Teresa Marie. And um, because there's a reason for that. In the very beginning, we talk about her work um, doing YouTube with her husband, Owen. They're the best people out there that I think that can help you to grow a YouTube channel. So the first 20 minutes, we talk about their business and what they do and how they help people. And then I really want you to listen because then we go into their story. And their story is mind-blowing, absolutely mind-blowing about um, Owen's journey with cancer and their journey as a married couple. And I just really feel like my audience, my audience in their spirituality and and everything that you guys believe in, you're going to really want to listen to it. So maybe you're not growing a business and you're not necessarily interested in YouTube, although if you are, these are the people to definitely pay attention to and follow and take their classes. But if you aren't interested in that, you're going to be interested in hearing the story that is behind everything. And it is such a beautiful way in which she told it with no, um, it was just so honest and transparent and real. And I really appreciate people like that. When I bring people onto this podcast, or even I bring people into my programs, I vet them. I don't just uh, JV partner. That's when you partner with somebody and sell their product. I really sell products or a promote people that I believe in because I have a lot of students in Next Level Living who are growing a business. And sometimes they hire someone without asking me, not that they have to ask me. And I'm like, oh, don't do it. Don't go to that person. And then I'm usually right. So there's a lot of people out there that are great. And there's a lot of people out there that are not great. And I really want to be able to bring to those of you who are growing a business and for anybody who's the Next Level Living, they know they can ask me and who to go to. I want to bring you the resources of the people that I know that you can trust, that have integrity, that really care about your business and want to help you to grow your business. And Teresa and Owen are definitely those people for YouTube. But more importantly, well, it's just as important. Their story is amazing. I am friendly with them from being in a mastermind with them. And I follow that, you know, I'm friends with them on social media. And I'm always so impressed with what they share and their posts and learning from them and witnessing how they're living their life. And I think that's important where we grow a business, we grow our brands, and we are part of our brands. And I find that the people that really share truthfully about their lives, along with it, how they grow their business and work in their business, those are the people that are really great to work with. So you're going to hear a little music, and then you'll go into the interview, and I know that you will enjoy it. Have a fun time and enjoy it. And also remember to um, rate, review, subscribe, and share, especially on Apple. I'm on Apple, Amazon. I'm on all the platforms. Wherever you listen, it would be really wonderful. I'd like to get this podcast out to more people. Thank you so much, and have a great day or night whenever you're listening to this. Hi, everyone. It is Marilyn O'Lori, and welcome to Who Can It Be Now? And today I have a very special uh, guest on, and I'm going to let her tell you about herself, but I'm going to share a little bit about my experience with Teresa and Owen. And Teresa, it's very casual the way I work. What I don't even know your last name, how to say your last name. So I want you to tell them your last name and the name of your company, and then I'm going to share about you. Sure. It is Teresa Hemsat and no, no worries on not knowing it. Cause online, I actually go by Teresa Marie. So nobody knows the last name. Um, and I am COO of Acceleratus Media business partner to Owen video, AKA Owen yeah. video. So, um, I know you did a recent brand switch and everything too, even though it's the same, it's you and your husband. So I want to tell you how I met Teresa and Owen in a mastermind that I was in, and they are the go-to people for YouTube. And I really respect and appreciate both of them as people, their integrity and their knowledge and their wisdom. And I wanted to bring the, her on today because they have such a fascinating story. They're a very fascinating couple to follow. They offer up a lot of incredible tips and techniques, and they also do really great work, which Teresa will dive into more than me about the type of work that they do. But my thing about people that I bring to you on this podcast is more about integrity and how people run their business and how people run their relationships. It's really important to me because I have a lot of students in my program that are running, you know, starting businesses and they're hiring people that I'm like, oh, don't do that. Don't hire that person. And mm -hmm. so when I meet people that I know are really the right people to hire, I want to bring them out to all of you on this podcast. So the one thing I'm going to say about Teresa and, um, and Owen 
is that anytime I have a question and I message Teresa, and I don't think everybody can do this, so I, I, I'm not sure Teresa can tell you, she's always so gracious and nice about responding to me. And we've been looking for somebody to help us with YouTube. And my assistant, I was like, look at Teresa and Owen, I really want to work with them. And she was like, before we do it, let me do some research. And then my assistant came back to me, Jess, and she said, you know what? I did a lot of research. Everybody says they're the go-to people. They are the people you need to learn from. So we're going to be entering into one of their programs soon. We're just waiting until uh, like November or something. And Teresa can tell you what those programs are. So Teresa, tell us about your company and just about yourself. I would love to for you to share your bio in your words. Sure, sure. Yes. Accelerators Media, as uh, you had mentioned, we had done a rebrand, but we've always have worked with business owners specifically um, on helping them launch and grow their brand with video. And YouTube has always been a part of what we've done over the last, you know, gosh, we started in 2009. Um, but, you know, we've ridden the waves of a lot of other trends, you know, that people wanted. When Livestream got big, we became, I mean, the experts on Livestream. And we actually coined a lot of the phrases that people still use today and a lot of the tools that people still use today because of Livestream and, um, you know, us pioneering uh, in that area. You know, we enjoy reels and, and being able to, you know, play with that kind of a thing. And so we, we do all of that, but our specialty is a YouTube first approach. And what we do and what makes us different from other uh, YouTube coaches out there, and we know them and we consider them all our colleagues and they're all our friends, that we really are great friends with all of the YouTube coaches that are out there, is that most of them though, cater to the creator. You know, and these guys will range from 20 to 40 and they, and they have all day and all week to work on their video. They might have a huge budget depending on who they are. Um, and that's great, but it's not our customer, right? So we have a heart for the business owner. Most of the time they're service-based providers, experts in their industry. They've grown a brand, they've done well, but they want to really expand their brand to YouTube because they know that YouTube is going to get them into fresh waters of people who've never heard them before that are out of their network. They get them, you know, people are finding them on, on Google because Google does give preference to YouTube, right? And it really can take them to that next level. If you think about any major brand that's out there, especially a personable, a personable brand, right? Um, where that the CEO um, perhaps has a face that is very connected to, you know, their audience and so forth. The big ones, you'll notice they also have a YouTube channel. They might be active on Instagram and Facebook and LinkedIn, but the big ones, the ones that made a huge impact have YouTube channels. It's just part of the road to having a large impact. So for people who are ready for that, they come to us. We help them be able to launch and grow their channel without it taking them 20 to 40 hours a week, like some of these other programs might really emphasize. And we give them the system so that they can actually get their teams to help them. We help them outsource whatever they don't need to outsource so that really they can get in front of the camera, share their expertise, know that it's going to be framed in such a way that's really going to attract their audience and not only get views, but get the right views and get you know clients and leads and so forth and help them be able to still have time for their clients, their families, their life while making this big impact on YouTube. That's my long version. I know I love it. It's great. And you touched on so many points that I want to come back to, but why did you guys gravitate towards YouTube? What made you go towards YouTube as opposed to the other uh, social media channels? Sure. So YouTube kind of happened by accident. My husband is the one who um, started the company. He's always gravitated towards video. He's loved video. When I first met him, we were dating. This was back in the MySpace days. It was the end of the MySpace days. And Facebook was kind of this new thing that wasn't just catered to college students and so forth. He was already playing around a lot with video um, and, you know, worked in radio and and that kind of a thing. And so when he decided to start a business, he was getting his degree in media um, at Cal State San Marcos in uh, you know California. Um, he decided to start making some money on the side. He wasn't employable. My husband was not employable. Um, and so he decided I'm going to go door to door to businesses because they've got money. And I'll just ask them if I can record a one minute video for them. And um, I'll post the video on this website called YouTube. I've heard about it. It's got, you can put videos on there. It's a great place to host it. It was very tiny at the time. Uh, this was back in 2009. And so he did. He started posting their videos on YouTube. Well, some of these businesses actually called him back and said, hey, can you make more video for us? This is really working. 
Hey, can I put these videos on my website? Can I put them in my blog? Like, how can I use this to actually drive traffic to my website? He didn't know the answer. So he just started doing his homework and learning about it because they didn't teach this in a media class in college. Well, what he started doing was he started doing his research and then going on to YouTube and two o'clock in the morning after his homework was done and the kids, you know, my babies were asleep. We were just infants. Um, he would record these videos and share what he learned about where to put your video on your website and how, how do you get it, you know, SEO optimized and this type of a thing. Well, people started calling him left and right. They were finding his videos on YouTube <laughs> and our business essentially was birthed from that moment. And so it, it started with consultations, but also he did end up getting a studio where business owners could come in and actually record their videos. He got one in, in uh, North County, San Diego, where we lived. And then, so it started with a lot of that kind of agency level work with some consulting. And then over time, it really led to us with full-time consulting um, on YouTube channels. And we've helped so many huge brands, small brands, from across the world, not only uh, be able to launch their channels, but actually grow them and actually make money from them. It's really been an exciting ride. Yeah. To see it monetized and everything. Mm -hmm. um, and it's fascinating to me because what you're describing is almost like it's 24, it's 14 years of business, pretty mm -hmm. much 14, 15 years in business. And you guys have kind of written, you kind of rode through all the changes in the business as well. Is that mm -hmm. correct? Yes. You know, it, it started with helping them record the videos, like literally like a more of a videographer. Right. right. And then from videography and, and that sort of a thing, it led to, okay, well, they need advice on how to use it. So there was this consulting side. Then in 2017, um, when live stream became really big and Owen had been live streaming since 2009, like before anybody was live streaming. Um, and he, you know, he knew all these new, he had these new, you know, these tools and so forth that nobody else had. And so he was helping businesses do that too. But when that happened, we started looking at the course model um, to see if we could really grow our business that way, because we were limited with time, um, you know, you know, with just serving through videography and one-to-one and -one consulting and so forth. So at that point I was teaching. So I was teaching full-time as a high school English teacher. And I'd wanted to come home and, you know, um, be, spend more time with the kids and my husband. I was very tired at the end of the day and so forth, you know, and just like, who, what are you talking about? I, my heart and my soul went to my students. And so I just kind of gave my, my family the leftovers. So when Owen approached me about, hey, what do you think about quitting your job and joining me in this business and helping us launch this course? I was really excited. And a lot of people were like, you're crazy. Like you, I mean, teachers, we could, people complain about teacher jobs um, and even California teachers complain about it. But honestly, I, I couldn't complain. I was making 85,000 for me. That was great money. 85,000 at that time um, we had insurance, you know, all of that was taken care of. And so people were like, you're going to quit that, you know? And I just, I just knew, I really knew deep down, this is going to work. This is going to grow. This is going to be the biggest thing we've ever done. We're going to make more money than I, than $85,000. And I was making, um, I, we just needed to do it. So I took that leap of faith with him, despite some of the people being, some of our friends being worried and family. And I came home and I actually helped him launch, uh, this course called the video marketing school. So that became our business kind of brand name for a while. And we launched a live stream course uh, that really took off. We launched a, a video sales machine, you know, how to make money with video sales uh, funnels and so forth. And those did very, very well. Um, but, you know, those trends right out. And mm -hmm. then it's like, okay, what are we going to do next? And when we were looking at, you know, really fleshing back out the YouTube, because we had had so much success with that with our private consultants, we reached out at that point to a guy named Adam Obransky, and that's how I met Marilyn to help him because he knew a lot about course launches and so forth. Like, how could we launch this one and really make it big? Well, what we ended up doing was nothing like we thought it would look like. It yeah. ended up being what eventually led to Accelerators Media today. And it's a, a much more of a hybrid. It's very like private client focus, but this hybrid model of delivering. So we're able to reach so many business owners, give them really high quality, high touch service and consultation, but be able to not be limited by the time frame of one-to-one -one, uh, consulting. And so we're able to really grow, we're able to hire other coaches to help us alongside and other 
you know, other team members to really help us be able to, to deliver a, a high quality service without us being so stressed with so much work to do that it defeats the whole purpose of having a business in the first place. Yeah. And it's also a very affordable course. At least when I looked at it, I was like, wow, this is because you must have different classes, right? Yeah, we have a few different ones. So the one that you and I had talked a bit about was our workshop. Oh, and okay. that has become our kind of our entry, get yeah. your toes wet, get the foundations uh, in place. And a lot of people need that. They just, you know, they need that foundation and they kind of play with it and go, okay, let's see what we can do with this. Uh, but some they're ready. They want the whole thing. They're like, no, let's, let's do this. And so for those people, we, they still have that workshop. All of our clients do our workshop, no matter what, what program they're in. But a lot of people then want to, to spend a year with us. And through that year, we actually work with them weekly on actually the execution uh, and helping them launch and then helping them grow the channel. So th there's, you know, what, what takes it to launch is different than what takes it to grow. And th there is an art and a science to it. And so that, that process of, okay, you made your first 15 videos are on your channel. What are you going to do now? What's the next 15 videos? What are those going to look like? What changes are you going to make based on what the analytics said? How did your audience respond to that? You know, how can you say the same thing that you already talked about and actually say it again in a different way? That's still interesting. and doesn't feel like you're just saying the same thing over and over again. A lot of that, you can't really just given a, a workshop class, it's, it's going to happen through execution. Yeah. And so walking with them through that until they really have their mind wrapped around it, they understand it. They become in a sense, not only a CEO of their business, but the CEO of their channel. And they're able to fly after that year and just take what we've taught them and just keep on growing. And that's when we see some really tremendous growth is when they keep going. That's the exciting part. Yeah. And I want to talk, I want to ask you one more question about business. And then we're going to talk a little bit about personal, because I want people to hear the other side of your story about running a business, being a married couple and things that you guys have gone through, which has been quite um, amazing to witness and also devastating. And, you know, there's a lot, I can't speak for your experience just as a witness to it. But the question I have for you first is if you were, because I already have a YouTube channel, right, that I don't really pay attention to. It's been there for quite so many years. It's got like over 2000 subscribers, it's not a lot of subscribers. I want to grow it. You work with people like that as well, right? People that have it, maybe not having the traction. Okay, good. Definitely. And it's all about what's what we call revamping, right? How do we go to what you did and let's revamp it so that it's ready for a, a legit relaunch that you're ready to take seriously this time and to actually grow it with strategy in mind. Yeah. Which is so true. Cause I'm like a big YouTuber. I love watching YouTube and I'm like, okay, I need to start monetizing that. So, and I'm sure you're okay. Cause you guys are pretty public about everything that you guys have gone on. I've gone on with the two of you. So I would love to know as you're growing this business, you've left teaching to now join your husband. How long after you, you can tell a little bit of the story, but how long after that did everything like happen with Owen's health? Like what was that like for you guys? Give us, give the people who don't know you a little bit of that story, if you could. Sure, sure. I'd actually have to back up a couple of years prior to me leaving teaching because that's where the story really began. Um, in 2014, while I was still teaching, um, actually, this this is really interesting. So my daughter had been born, and this was my fourth child, and I, you know, I had to do the I I had all C sections, so I got my eight weeks instead of six weeks to spend time with her. And I was dropping her off at daycare and, um, I'm on my way to my teaching job and I'm crying. I'm crying in my car, just sobbing out to God, Lord, I just, I want to come home and I don't know how it's ever going to happen. Like I'm the bread, I was the breadwinner really at this time. And, um, there's just, I didn't see it in sight and I, I wanted to be with my babies, you know? And, so I was crying out and, you know, I think a lot of people have a story similar to that where you're crying out and then, you know, you wipe your tears away and you keep going, you know, but I actually had a very spiritual experience, um, at that moment. And it does connect with Owen's health. Um, for the very first time in my life, I felt a thought come into my head that just didn't feel like my, my own. Well, I didn't hear a voice. I won't go be so bold as to say I heard a voice, but it was a, a thought that entered in and I, I can feel it. Like it almost came in from the right side of my head. And I literally like felt it come into my head. And it said, you will come home. 
but you're not coming home now because you're not, you and Owen are not ready yet. There are some things that you need to go through and learn before we, I can get you there. Wow. And it was not, I mean, I'm telling you, it was not anything that I was thinking prior to that. It just happened out of, you know, out of my left side of my head. And I started weeping with joy in that moment. And I believed it. I believed it. And I went day going, well, then if I'm going to be able to come home at some time in the future, I don't when that is. I am going to enjoy the last years of my teaching career. I'm going to love it. I'm going to do the best that I've ever done. And I, I'm, I'm not going to cry anymore about it. And that's what I did. Well, two months later, my husband was diagnosed with stage three thymus cancer. And I know now that was part of what needed to happen. And I know it sounds, it could be kind of scary, you know, and dire in some ways, but it was through that, that obviously my health insurance was able to take care of him and go through that. We were not at that time in our life, we were so naive about so many things. We just did exactly what the doctors told us. We didn't know anything about anything when it came to cancer. And so we did a very traditional approach when it came to, um, you know, um, battling cancer. Owen had to adjust the business because of that. So by, uh, by with chemo, he would have really bad weeks where he was just nothing, nothing could, he couldn't talk to anybody and he was sick on the couch and weak and weeping and so forth. And then the next week he would feel well enough to kind of get some back end stuff to his business, maybe some paperwork, some billing, you know, that kind of a thing. He was a solopreneur at this point. It was just one man show. And then on the third week, the week right before he would do chemo again, he, he felt like himself again. And so that's when he was like, okay, well, I'll see my clients at this week. So we had to adjust. He actually had to adjust his work schedule so that he could see clients only on um, every every third week of the month and then nothing one week and then so forth. And believe it or not, with that approach, he actually really worked at better at managing his time and really looking at what he was charging and so forth. And the business actually grew. And so that happened while we were battling, uh, while he was battling cancer, He the cancer went into remission and- one year later, that's when he asked me if I could come and join the business. So a lot of people were like, are you sure, you know, with his health and you have health yeah. insurance and so forth. And I, we looked into what's called medical sharing at that time. And so I did my homework because I was like, you know, what should we do with this? And so we decided to, to join a medical sharing company that would cover pre-existing con conditions. Not a lot of them do, but there was one that would under certain circumstances. So we decided to take that leap. We got the medical sharing as a backup. Um, we obviously have, you know, um, other types of insurance, you know, we've got life insurance and all of those types of things to like, make sure that we were in place. And then what I did do is I did give what was called a two-year leave of absence. It might've even been a three-year leave of absence. So I actually had my position in case anything went down and it wasn't going to work out that I had my job back after, you know, two or three years um, that the absence happened, but we didn't need it. The business grew. We launched the video marketing school um, and it, it grew. And then that morphed into what we did with Adam Urbanski. And we, we really dove into YouTube. We moved to Utah during COVID. And we get to Utah two weeks after we get here. Owen starts getting some strange symptoms. And we discover that his cancer is back. And I'm skipping some things. There was some damage from the chemo that had happened prior to that, that we had to go through like heart issues that he was having, hospital visits that he had to already go through. So that was kind of our, we were used to doing this. Like the effects of chemo were really, they really hurt his body and, and radiation. But this time when we got, di when he got diagnosed with it, that it came back, this time it was stage four. And this time they gave him a terminal diagnosis and they gave him three to five years and, you know, it was, it was like, I'm sorry, there's, you know, the, nope, you can't have surgery. Nope. There's no radiation. We can give you a little bit of chemo, but all it's, all we can do is what's called palliative chemo to kind of maybe slow the the speed, you know, of, of the growth. And that's all that we can do. So we had to grow this new program that we were, we were growing while going through this. And we decided to not share um, Owen was 
Owen was really concerned at that time that if he shared with everybody that it was a terminal diagnosis, that people would just be like, well, maybe I shouldn't be in the program. Yeah. Maybe I shouldn't do this because I don't know. I mean, I could give him this much money and then he could die, you know, and before I, I we, we didn't know. So it was a fear-based decision. I'm not, I'm not denying that it was definitely a fear-based decision, but we decided after two months of battling, of dealing with the grip, the dealing with the emotional turmoil of believing this, this, this statement that the doctor had given us and deciding, were we going to believe it or were we not going to believe it? I think now if Owen had decided to believe it, I would be telling you a very different story right now. Yeah. But after two months of crying and darkness and despair and being in literal survival mode, I don't even remember. I don't even know how we saw clients at that time, but we did it. We just went through it. Owen decided at that point, I'm going to pick up books and I'm going to learn. I'm going to find books out there. I'm going to listen to podcasts. I'm going to do research on what the survivors did because the doctor said 99% chance. Yeah, sure. There's a 1% chance that you could you know, make it through this. And he's like, I want to find out what the 1% people did. And that's what we started doing. So we started doing our research. We started looking into what survivors have done and we started doing those things. And it was a really an amazing experience because at that point, um, we, one of Owen's colleagues who's in the YouTube industry, um, he shared what was happening. And he said, listen, I think that this point you need to share with your audience. I think you need to share with the world that this is going to happen. He's like, I would like to put on a fundraiser for you. I would like for people that know you and love you. And that have come to know you to be able to, to donate to this fundraiser because doing the things that we wanted to do that we were going to start doing the insurance medical no. sharing didn't, didn't pay for it. There's no medical sharing doesn't pay for anything. It's the same as insurance. It's this, you yeah. know, it's all the standard stuff. And so we took that leap and, and said, okay, we're not going to be afraid anymore. And Owen came out and shared with our audience what had happened and that we were going to fight this. And the man's name is Daryl Eves. Uh, he's an incredible, incredibly amazing man. He's uh, he's co-producer of The Chosen. If anybody watches The Chosen series, he's one of the executive producers. He's one of the executive executive producers of uh, Mr. Beast and his channel. Um, and he runs one of the biggest uh, video marketing conferences in the world called Vid Summit. Owen's personal mentor, amazing. He so he put on a fundraiser on YouTube uh, with all the big YouTubers hopped on, and they did it for gosh, forty eight hours. And they were able to raise a hundred thousand dollars for us mm. to be able to pay for all of the treatments that Owen would go through. Um, and so that's what we, we did. I mean, I mean, it was infusions and, you know, mushroom, medicinal mushrooms and, and lots of organic vegetables. And, and we still, to this day, Owen is guzzling five pounds of carrot juice, organic carrot juice a day. Um, I'm not joking, five pounds of carrots really? as, uh, <laughs> as part of his treatment. Um, and so we, you know, we've been so, we were so blessed by that experience and we've been able to keep going. I mean, gosh, it's been what three years now since the diagnosis. And I mean, he's healthier than ever. We just, in, I think it was in April or May that he got a grail blood test that, which is our first blood test that came back that showed no evidence of circulating tumors through his body. So it's, it's been incredible where I don't, we, we, I don't, we don't feel comfortable enough to be like, okay, great. Let's just go back to the way things were and have him eat the way he was and be stressed the way he was that no, no way. Like we were continuing to his lifestyle has completely changed and we will continue to do that in order to keep this beast away. Um, but it has, it has, it has stayed away. We've been very blessed through that process. I have so many questions for you. Um, First of all, an incredible story. I don't think I've ever heard the whole story because I didn't know about all the fundraising. I remember the first post that I saw and Owen said, please, no negative comments or something like that. Yep. In, and I was like, good for him. And that's why he shared like he, Teresa and Owen both, you should follow them on social media because they write beautiful posts that really make you think and engage. They're very engaging posts. And I remember commenting on that and I was so happy to hear that because 
you you don't need that. You don't need the negative Nellies. But my question, Teresa, I have a few questions for you. Even the first time, how did you have faith that everything was going to be okay? Like what was going on with your faith at that point? Because you're very spiritual. And I'm just yes. Do do you mean what was going on with my faith the first time he got cancer? First time he got diagnosed, and you had you also like two years later left yeah. to teaching. How did you have faith through that? I mean, you're you're young mom, young parents, mm-hmm. young kids. So the first one, um, I think I had the faith was pretty easy because the doctors were so adamant that this was totally beatable. Okay, good. He was All like, right. it's stage three. The guy, the doctor was like, this is stage three. You're young, you're strong. We're going to pump you with the strongest chemo out there and radiation. And yeah, you're going to be bald, but you're going to get through this. And so it, it's not like it, it made the process, um, uh, you know, not difficult. I mean, it was still a difficult process to have to, you know, nurse my husband while I was working and coming home and he's bald and throwing up and, and in weak and depressed. I mean, that was, it was a really hard time, but I knew we would get through it because I trusted the doctors and the doctors said he's going to get through it. Right. Um, this, the, what leaving my job and then that entering into that decision, the reason why I, I had faith is because I, I felt that thought go into my head and I knew it wasn't mine. And I'm a, I believe in God and I believe, and I have a relationship with him and I won't call God a liar. He said that to me and he said, I'm going to bring you home and you know, you're just not ready. You have some things to learn. And then Owen gets cancer. And then now after the cancer is gone and this opportunity comes up and I see so clearly, this is my, this is the time to, to come home. And I think what made me even recognize more that it was, it was the right time was because it went completely against what I would have if I had told my story, it would have looked different. If I had told the story, it would have been Owen's business had become so successful that he didn't need you to work anymore. And so you were able to quit your job and come home and live happily ever after with your kids. Mm-hmm. But that wasn't the story. It was the, 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 the business was shifting And in order for him to grow it, we would need to make this change. And he needed me to be a part of it because I had expertise in curriculum writing um, and he couldn't do it all on his own. He needed really another person to kind of just help him with the load. And because I knew then that it would take sacrifice, like we had to, at that point, (laughs) with the money that he was able to live off of from the business at that point, like. I, I had to be on a pretty tight budget for a good six months. And I, you know, I'd planned it out. I'm like, okay, this is what we have. This is what we're, I mean, I kind of, we kind of did the Dave Ramsey thing for that six months. Um, but within six months, the money that I had, the 85,000 a year that I was making, we already made back in the business within six months. So once I saw that, it was like, okay, we're good. This is, this is going to work. This is going to work. And, and then it, it just grew from there with the third round of cancer. I, I'm going to have to humbly confess to you that I didn't have necessarily faith in that moment. When we got the news, I was a wreck and I was definitely having to grapple with facing the reality that my husband may not, may not stay with us. Um, and it was a very, very dark time for me. Um, when I started to, but I, how do I explain this? I, what I didn't, I loved it that my husband said, I'm going to find the 1%. Okay. That certainly motivated me. There was still a part of me deep down that wondered, is this going to work? And, but I still did it with him. I still supported him in it because I wanted it to work. And I was, you know, praying the whole time and, you know, praying that, that God, would you help us make this work? You know, um, we'd already done the whole God, like, please heal him, zap him with your healing powers and let's see him healed over. And none of that, none of that happened. So like, I knew that, okay, for whatever reason, whatever journey we're on, that's not the plan. The plan is not to just heal him. For some reason, we have to go through this really, really excruciating time. I don't know why. I don't know why we have to do this. But during this time, what I discovered as we were going through this healing process, and I say we going through the healing process purposefully, 
Um, yes, it was my husband with cancer, but when you're married to somebody with cancer, it, it, it affects the whole family. And what I discovered was that the cancer that he was diagnosed with and what the changes we had to make and what we had to go through together, it kind of revealed some of the cancers in our life. So not just physical cancer, but what was going on in our relationship and the way that we communicate that was issues. Um, what are some childhood traumas that we hadn't addressed that my husband was still dealing with? And in that process, as we were going through, like, what did the survivors do? We actually learned that childhood trauma, if you have a significant amount, it is greatly correlated with autoimmune conditions and cancer. There's a test out there. There was a study done called the ACEs test or the ACEs survey. I don't remember what the acronym stands for, but you can Google it. And in this survey, they had surveyed a number of different people um, and looked at 10 different types of childhood traumas that they could have gone through. There's so many more that are not on that list, but just from that 10, what they, and then they followed them for years afterward. And we're looking at, what kind of health conditions that they had. And what they discovered is for those people who scored a six or higher on the ACEs score, and you can get a six, you know, up to 10, those people had a significantly higher chance of developing autoimmune conditions and cancer. My husband scored an eight. So we got to deal with that. And so part of this journey was him actually going to counseling EMDR, those types of things. He ended up getting a cancer coach. <laughs> there was a cancer coach out there and she, it, it, it was all, it was all my, it was all the mindset, all the spiritual stuff. I mean, they, they had some sessions, let me tell you, like some really crazy deep sessions. And I really believe that that was part of what's, what's helped him heal. And it's helped me have to face some of my own issues that I've had. And even through it, like, honestly, even through the battle, um, we decided this year to homeschool our kids. And the reason why is because after Owen's diagnosis or after Owen's grail test came back that said no evidence of circulating tumors, like we really felt like we pulled our head out of the sand and looked around and go, great. Okay. So we don't have to put hundred percent of our focus here on I mean, it felt like hundred percent, obviously we still had a business and our kids were still alive. So, I mean, we were doing a decent job, I guess, but we were kind of like, where are our kids? What's happening with them? Like we had to take a closer look. And what we discovered was that our children, our children had some issues. Our Mm. kids, our boys were getting into trouble at school. Um, There was some, some gaps in their learning that, especially one of my children's learning that we had, we were starting to notice. And at that point, we were really looking at where the business had gone and we'd hired some people to help. And we started thinking, you know, our kids need time to heal now. Like we've spent all of our time on Owen, but it's not, it's time for us to fight for our kids the way that we fought for cancer. And so we realized that at this point, they needed more time with us and sending them away to school for eight hours a day, and then coming back and having them wrapped up in two to three hours of homework. And then that other stuff that happens with being a kid when you're in basketball practice and all those types of things. I mean, a parent with a child in school who's does their homework and is involved in sports and so forth really only spends an hour, maybe a day with them a day. And what is, what are you typically doing? It's like, oh, we eat dinner, do your chores, go to bed. I needed more than that. We needed more than that. So we decided to, at this point, take one more step. And another big step of faith is this year I have pulled away significantly or the school year, a month and a half ago, I have pulled significantly away from all that I was doing in the business to now homeschool our kids and work on our relationship with them, work on their relationship with each other, work on their relationship with themselves. Certainly there's academics involved, but honestly, my number one goal with it this year is mostly emotional. It's mostly the relational things that I think need to be healed because I think that that's, if those are not in place, no learning is going to happen. And I would rather have my children fly the coop, you know, fly from home when they're 18, 19, 20, whatever age that is, and be self-actualized, emotionally stable, emotionally healthy, know who they are, know how to have healthy relationships, people over whether or not they know what a metaphor is. Mm-hmm. In the big scheme of things, this 
the, the relational is going to take them further than anything that they're going to learn in public school. Now, it doesn't hurt that I was a high school English teacher, so I do know a few things, but I really am making the relational our biggest focus this year. And then we'll we'll add more in. Well, I also think I don't know enough about homeschooling, but I do know about trauma, a lot about trauma. And I think that you learn when your emotions are in balance. So your kids are going to have a better opportunity to learn, period, end of story, when they're not having all the noise inside their being. Yes. So it and- sounds... Yes. And I I think even though they may not be able to say, Hey, mom and dad, I was traumatized by my dad's cancer two times. Right. And SVC syndrome that he developed along the way and moving to Utah from California. No, although they couldn't probably verbally be able to say that and, and, and be aware of that, that metacognition, I think is just not common at this time, at this age. I know that later on, they're going to probably see a counselor about it. Yeah. I know it. And so I want to minimize that and work on the healing now before they ever come to a place of recognizing that they need healing. I'm not going to brush this all under the rug and say, oh, kids are resilient. They'll be just fine. Yeah, we did the cancer thing, but they're fine. No, they're not. My kids are not fine. And I am going to help them. And so that's where we're at. And so we're we have some ups and downs with homeschooling because we're dealing with a lot of big emotions right now, a lot of big emotions, but uh, it's it's been a month and a half and I definitely say that we're getting better every day. How did you have the conversation with your kids that this is what you were going to do? Did you have to like say, this is what we're doing, that's it? Did they fight you? Like, how did you get them involved in this decision to homeschool? We planted some seeds for sure along the way. Um you know, did you see so-and-so they're homeschooled? Oh, did you see this? Hey, I heard this really cool thing about homeschool that you could do. And so we definitely did a lot of that. And there was a lot of mixed emotions about it. My daughter at first was really excited about it. Um, and then, um, my, my middle son definitely didn't want to. And then my oldest son was kind of impartial. It was just like, yeah, you know, that either or would be fine. Um, but then at the end of the school year, when we were still kind of going, okay, are we going to homeschool all three of them? Or are we going to just homeschool the middle one? The middle one is the one who needed it the most. Um, then my oldest, the older one, I, and I actually have four and I'm not even talking about my 16 year old right now. My 16 year old is fine. <laughs> he, he, he does a hybrid school. He's, he's doing just fine with that. And, but the older one out of the ones that I am, that I'm homeschooling, he got expelled. Oh, wow. Interesting. Yeah. And it came out of, it came out of just what, what happened? Like we thought he was, we, we thought in many ways, like academically he was thriving um, and he'd even made friends and all of that, but there was some things happening along in the background that we weren't aware of that really demonstrated that he was so, so eager to be cool and so, so eager for the cool kids at school to see him in a certain way. And so when that happened, it was like, okay, well, I think he's definitely going to need to be homeschooled. We can send him off to middle school because he's about to start middle school. This year would be his first year of middle school. But I think middle school, I don't know about you. I've heard it's um, the worst. It's the armpit of life. Yeah. So I've heard, I didn't do middle school because I did first to eighth and then high oh, school. Oh, got it. Yeah. It horrible. Well, and the school that they were going to was a K through eight. But now that he was expelled, it was like, okay, I can send him off to a typical public school middle school. Mm-hmm. But I went through middle school. I still see the middle school kids. It's the most, you're the most superficial, most shallow time of your life. It is all about appearance. It is all about image. That's all they care about. It'd be the worst time for me to throw my son who is already struggling in this area to the wolves, literally not going to do it. So, um, we decided at that point, no, he would, my middle one son needed it for sure. And then my younger one, um, she would have thrived, I think either way. Um, she's the most, I think the most resilient out of all of them. Um, but we decided, you know what, let's just pull the bandaid off and we'll just do, we'll do all of them at the same time. And that way they can actually really work on their relationship with each other. Cause we did see there was some like fighting with one another, another that we didn't feel we're like, you guys should be best friends. You guys should, you guys are going to know each other the rest of your life. Your other friends are going to come and go, but you guys, you want to be a tight knit. So we really wanted to work on the three of them together. And, you know, there was definitely some resistance. Um, but I think they're, they're getting to a place of acceptance now and maybe even enjoying it a little bit. Well, it must be a big adjustment for them because here you are only like what, six, seven weeks as we're recording this into the school year, if that much. Mm -hmm. So that, you know, there, that must be an adjustment period. They're not going back to school. They're seeing people go back to school. And I'm assuming you have to keep up some type of um, 
socialization still. Oh, sure. Sure. Yeah. They're in sports still. There's youth group at church. Um, there's neighborhood kids that they can play with after school. So they get plenty. And you know, what's interesting about that, that side of it, you know, a lot of people bring that up, right? Like socialization, socialization, think about this in public school, they put kids in groups by an age. Okay. You're 16. You're going to sit in classes with all the other 16 year olds, right? Um, you're 12. You're going to be in a class with all the 12 year olds. And in the end, by in the public school system, they get, they learn to really only socialize with kids of their own age. And I started noticing this where it was like, I'm asking my son, Hey, can you go talk, you know, to this five-year-old kid and go help them with this? And it's like, I'm not going to talk to a five-year-old they're babies. And it's like, you, you should be able to have a conversation with a five-year-old. You should be able to have a conversation with a 14-year-old. You should be able to have a conversation with an adult and be able to know how to shift and know how to talk to each one of them. And with a lot of kids in public school, they don't ever learn those skills because of how things are grouped. So one of the beautiful things about homeschool is if you engage in the community, your kids are actually going to be more socialized than any public school kid is going to be socialized because they have experience hanging out with three-year-olds and hanging out with 16-year-olds and hanging out with adults. So yeah. I'm really excited as I've watched my kids. And again, they've still, it's only been six weeks, but I'm already seeing just little bits of changes that they didn't have before, you know, conversations are willing to have that they didn't, they didn't want to have before. Yeah. I think it sounds great. I also, as I'm listening to you, it would have been something that was good for me because I got my confidence from those peer groups, which wasn't good. I was so insecure. So I leaned into those peer groups in order to feel secure. Mm -hmm. Now you're actually, I mean, I can't speak for you, but it sounds to me like you're building their confidence from the inside out because they have to really learn how to depend on themselves and relate to other people. That's great. And who are you? Not because some kids said that that's how you're supposed to be, or this is what the newest trend is. And I love knowing my son went to a birthday party the other day and he said, oh, I went to the birthday party and I found out he loved prime. He was drinking prime, these, these, uh, these hydration drinks that became really popular last year. He loved them and he's still drinking them and he loves them. He thinks they're great. He goes to this birthday party and he comes back. He goes, I found out at the birthday party party that nobody drinks prime anymore. And that it's actually like that, you know, it's, it's, it's not really good anymore. And as a matter of fact, I was just drinking this mom and I, I really don't even like the taste anymore. And I'm like, man, did you see that? Yeah. He liked it. He went to a birthday party. The kids said it's not cool anymore. And now all of a sudden it doesn't taste good. Yeah. That's how much influence their peer group has on them. It's like, if you like prime, enjoy prime. Who cares if the other kids don't like it? That's how powerful it is. It's yeah. Crazy. That's amazing. That's great. hmm Wow. What a story. I know we're wrapping up here. Um, and I always admire the relationship that you and Owen have. It's always beautiful to see like the love that you guys have for each other. Um, and I'll probably have to have you back on to tell your love story because I know there's a big love story there about how you met. Oh my gosh. It is a crazy story. It is so crazy. I would love to tell that we actually end up having, um, during the 2017, uh, live stream, you know, uh, popular time, we actually had a live stream show called uh, thriving sexy marriage. And we would, we would uh, broadcast every week and um, we would talk about marriage and we would talk about, you know, uh, things that we've gone through and, uh, you know, offer tips and advice to other people. And it was a really, a really fun time that season of, of, of time doing that show. So uh, I would love to talk about it on a future episode. Yeah, that would be great. I remember once you guys were, he was at a conference and you were meeting him at the conference and he's like, babe, I can't wait to get you in the hotel room or something in the comments. And I'm like, these two have such a beautiful relationship. It's so great. And the way he talks about you and the way you talk about him is it's just, it's really lovely to witness personally. I love seeing it. Thank you. I'm so glad that people, that people do see it. You know, I, I want it to inspire people. We, 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 we make our marriage a number one important, um, aspect of our lives. It's, it takes work. Uh, we've certainly had our highs and lows. Um, but even in our lows, we always tell our, you know, tell each other that, you know, you're worth fighting for our mm-hmm. marriage is worth fighting for. And that might mean that we fight with each other in order to fight for our marriage. Um, but it's worth fighting for. 
I love that. Thank you. So tell us, we're going to put this in the show notes, obviously, and um, but tell us how everybody can get in touch with you and what you're most excited about that people can look into with you. I mean, because you've got so much going on. Um, so just tell us a little bit about that right now. Sure. Ready. Yeah, we're complex, you know, in many ways. We're, we're, we're more than just our business, right? So we obviously have our YouTube channel and we have our website and you can go to acceleratusmedia.com slash blueprint if you want to get our free blueprint gu- guide um, that shows you really the overall strategy plan for how to grow, uh, launch and grow a channel. It's a big picture, but I think it'll give you a lot of insight. And there's opportunities from there to be able to engage with us more if you if you want. So you can definitely do that. Um, and as far as, you know, social, like what we, we talk about a lot of things. So we talk about business for sure, but because of our, our own health journeys that we've been on, and I haven't even shared some of mine, like I got issues and perimenopause now, like I've got all the stuff that I've been going through, but I've always loved health, um, and, and wellness. And, and my passion for that actually has helped with, you know, walk Owen through a lot of what he's been doing. Um, so we talk a lot about health and wellness. And we do that more on Instagram. So uh, Owen does have a channel called uh, Cancer Fighter Owen. And I have a, cha- I have an Instagram uh, page called Hey Teresa Marie. Um, and, you know, on mine, you'll see a lot of my family, but I also talk a lot about health. It's, mm-hmm. there's no money. I'm not paying, I'm not charging for anything. It's just me sharing my passions and what I've learned. Um, and, you know, I, I take, I've taken some courses and so forth to help me grow more in those areas as well. So anytime I learn or feel passionate about something, I'll share that with, with, uh, with everyone. And, and then no one talks about cancer on his cancer one. And then on Facebook, you can find me, I'm, you know, Teresa Marie on Facebook as well. Owen Hemsath is how you can find Owen on Facebook as well. Th- that's really, we talk about business. We talk about teams. We talk about our personal lives too. You know, you get a, a good complex, a complexity, you know, when it comes to us on both of those channels. And then with YouTube, if you look up Owen video, just look up Owen video, you'll find his channel. Um, and there's so much good content. There's so many things that you can, you know, watch to learn uh, from live streaming to sales funnels to obviously YouTube um, and so forth. That's great. Thank you so much, Teresa. I really appreciate it. And we'll put all the information in the show notes below. And I just can't thank you enough. And it was such a great, it was so great hearing that whole story. Thank you. Thank you for asking. I appreciate sharing it. (laughs) It was fun. (laughs) 